VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cubs Pod. My name is Danny Rocket. Just a word about what is Cubs Pod. It's a brand new Cubs podcast brought to you by the Sun Ranto Show. And we're putting it out on the brand new Bleacher Bunch Network, which is a network that was started by a bunch of fired SB Nation podcasters. I'm excited about it. Should be a uh, a good network. So I'm, I'm excited to work with those guys. Um, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. It's a daily show where we just kind of tell you what happened in the game. Maybe tell a joke or two. I don't know. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But, you know, anywhere between 5 and 15 minutes. Just let you know what happened and uh, be done with it. I'm releasing this daily to Patreon subscribers. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, it's a good idea to become one. You get it every day, early, ad-free, uh, no garbage. I'm putting it out in this format right now just so you can kind of hear what we're doing and but I'm gonna slap ads all over it. So if you would become a Patreon subscriber, p a t r e o n dot com slash sunranto s o n r a n t o, and you'll get this show every single day for free uh, from me and Michael Cotton, whoever else we get to come on and do it. So uh, that's it. Enjoy Cubs Pod. Hope you subscribe. It's been fun. Here's the show. This is the original Cubes fan, Michael Cotton, bringing you your daily dose of Cubs for the morning of March 6th, 2023. This is Cubs Pod, and it is a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Network. On Sunday, March 5th, the Cubs traveled to Talking Stick, the spring home of the Colorado Rockies, who had to put a sock on the door so their roommates, the Arizona Diamondbacks, didn't walk in on them. It was Smiley versus Gomber in a matchup we've all been waiting for. And unfortunately, Drew Smiley was not up to the task. He struck out Blackman to start the game, but our old pal Chris Bryant did not go so quietly. KB rocked Smiley all the way past the berm beyond the left field fence on the second pitch he saw. Now, before anyone gets too annoyed that KB hit one today, It was your typical KB bases empty bomb in a low leverage situation. Look, the guy can crush baseballs, but it might have helped if Smiley served up a 77 mile per hour knuckle curve cookie to the former MVP. Later, with a guy on third and two outs in a tie game, KB made the only type of swing that KB makes. But this time, Smiley wasn't messing around with junk balls. He threw three straight sinkers for a foul, a ball, and a pop-out from Clerch, who never did quite figure out how to adjust to the game to bring a guy in from third. Also, KB walked in the fifth against Brandon Hughes, who was clearly pitching around him. Hughes then got two flyouts and a swinging K to leave Sparkles standing on first base, being uncomfortably aware that he's wearing the ugliest jersey in Major League Baseball. The Bryant homer was just the beginning of a rough day for Smiley. The Rockies had three straight singles for another run before he got out of the first inning. In the second, Smiley gave up a double but was able to work out of the inning with no more issues. But Ryan McMahon launched a ball 425 feet to center field on the ninth pitch of an at-bat where Smiley had gotten the first two pitches for strikes. That was all Rossi needed to see, and the Cubs decided to pull out their bull penis. Smiley's final line on the day was two innings pitched, two home runs, two strikeouts, six total hits, and three earned runs. That's an 11.25 ERA, and that won't get you on the team come April. On the offensive side, Trey Mancini led off the second inning with a single and then scored from first on a deep double by Colorado native David Bodie. Bodie continues to ball out with a double and a walk. Unfortunately, Bodie Ruth struck out for the first time this spring on at-bat number 13, 
and it dropped his batting average 21 points to only 615. So I guess the Bodie summer of love is over. That was the only run given up by Austin Gomber in three innings of work, and Trey Mancini took full advantage of no Austin Gomber. Mancini went yard on the second pitch from Brent Suter, and the score after four was 3-2. to two. Pierce Johnson, perfect name for the Purple Helmet team, gave up a single and a walk to set up Ian Happ's RBI single that tied the game in the fifth. Little League rules kicked in after the fifth inning, and everyone on the Cubs and Rockies benches got a chance to play, which meant that nothing happened until the bottom of the eighth. Cubs' first-round pick from 2019, Ryan Jensen gave the prospect perverts something to watch by tossing balls all over the place. He gave up two singles and three walks in .2 innings of a tie ball game. Rockies took the two-run lead before Cubs replaced Ryan Jensen with Jake Reindel, who got a pop-out to end the inning. With the Cubs down two in the ninth, the good side of the prospect game showed up with a Pete Crow Armstrong single, a Brennan Davis single, and a Darius Hill single to cut the lead to one. Andy Weber hit a 277-foot bomb that came off the bat at 77 miles per hour, and Brennan Davis tied the game from third base on the Weber single. Esteban Quiroz got in on the singles game with a hit to left field, and Darius Hill scored the game-winning run. But there was still a little drama in the bottom of the ninth. Didier Vargas had two outs with a guy on second when he tried to grab a comebacker with his bare hand. The ball deflected away, and everyone was safe on the bases. Luckily, nobody scored. So, with a one-run lead and guys at the corners, the Cubs' pitching staff had to come out and check on their youngster to see if he could even finish the game, which would have been a struggle because he was the last pitcher in the Cubs' bullpen. Luckily, Didier Vargas means iron hand in Sanskrit, and he finished off the game with a strikeout. So what did we learn in this game? Chris Bryant is who we thought he was, and Drew Smiley is still struggling. On the positive side, it's fun to see PCA and Brennan Davis get their second hits of the season to spark a rally and get driven in by guys I might never see again if I don't go to Des Moines this year. But hey, it was a 6-5 win against a baseball team with possibly the worst front office in the history of sports. So, we got that going for us. As for today, the great and wonderful Wizard of Wes will get a start versus the Seattle Seamen. Wesneski is the biggest and best story of spring training so far for me. He looked good in his first start against the Mariners, and I'm really happy they have decided to send him out to pitch against the exact same team again, because I'm sure pitching every spring training start against the exact same team is the perfect way to evaluate your talent. The Mariners will be sending out Luis Castillo, who made one start against the Guardians the other day. Uh, he pitched two innings, he had two strikeouts, but he also had a two whip. So, we'll see how that goes. Make sure to jump on to the Sunranto Ranters Discord channel at 2.10 Central Standard Time, so you can publicly question every decision that Jed Hoyer has ever made in his life. Until then, there's nothing left to say except SPAGOG! March 7th, in the 2023rd year of the Gregorian calendar. And this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs action. Cubs Pod is a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Network. On Monday, March 6th, the Cubs went to Peoria to face off against the Mariners. 
Hayden Wisniewski was making his second consecutive start against the Seamen, and he was facing off against Luis Castillo. You may remember Luis from his five and a half seasons with the Cincinnati Reds. I would say that the Cubs remembered him too, but none of these guys were with the Cubs really. Horner and Wisdom were the only two who would have been with the Cubs when Luis Castillo was pitching for the Reds. Regardless, the Cubs jumped on Castillo early in this game, with a single from Horner, a double from Hosmer, and a single from Morrell, all in the first inning, to take a 2-0 lead before the Mariners even got a chance to hit. That's always a good sign in a baseball game. The great and powerful Wes burned through the Mariners' top four on six total pitches in the first inning. Ty France smacked a double, but Colton Wong popped out, Cal Raleigh popped out, and Wisniewski took down J.P. Crawford on three straight strikes. Wisniewski threw 10 pitches in the second inning. He got another three-pitch strikeout and then a pop-out before giving up a single and a walk, but got out of the inning with a ground-out to second baseman Christopher Morrell. Because, hey, when your guy has a great arm like Morrell does, let's waste it by putting him at second base where it's not needed. The Cubs held their three-run lead until the third when Wisniewski got a little wild. Not as a pitcher, though. He had a throwing error on a Ty France single, which I missed because I was working for the man. I only tell you this because I'm not exactly sure what happened in the middle of the third inning. Wisniewski had a throwing error that moved France to second, and then Barnhart threw the ball away trying to pick off France from second base? It sounds like the kids were getting a little too happy throwing the ball around the field, and it cost them. The Wes struck out J.P. Crawford on three straight again, but Cal Raleigh hit a double that scored France from second, making the score 2-1. to one. That was it for Wisniewski. He faced 13 batters, he got four strikeouts, gave up one unearned run while only throwing 23 pitches. So all in all, I'd say it was a good outing, and it's only going to make it that much more frustrating when he gets sent to Des Moines to start the season. Brennan Davis hit a double in the top of the seventh inning, and Edwin Rios drove him in with a triple to make the score 3-1 Cubs. Tyler Duffy gave up a solo shot to Cade Marlowe in the bottom of the seventh to cut the lead to one run, but the youngsters put up a three spot in the ninth to put this game away for good. I'd call them handsome youngsters, but it's hard to tell when three of the four players are just silhouettes on MLB.com. Anyway, the one guy we do know and we do like was Kevin Alcantara, who doubled to lead off the inning. Then, Johendrik Penango walked and Bradley, I'm not sure if that's Bradley or Bradley, Beasley hit a double to drive in Alcantara. Penango scored on a wild pitch, and then Beasley ran home on a Jake Slaughter ground out. Yes, Slaughter. I don't know. Ben Brown pitched the final two innings of the game and looked pretty good against the Mariner minor leaguers. I already told you about Wisniewski's nice outing, but the other notables in this game were Eric Hosmer, who hit the ball twice on the ground. One was a double, and one was a double play. He did get it in the air, but the second baseman was able to pocket the ball. David Bodie continues his slide back to Des Moines with a strikeout and a groundout. His batting average has dropped 103 points in two days to 533. Brennan Davis went one for two with a double and two strikeouts. Pete Crow Armstrong continues to struggle with another over. Morrell went one for three, although he did reach base twice. One of those was on an error. For the bullpen, Boxberger had one strikeout and one walk, but nothing else. And Rowan Wick bounced back with two strikeouts in a clean inning. The Cubs are currently 7-4 and four, and in third place in the Cactus League, which is never a good sign. Today, the Cubs travel to Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona to face, surprise, the Texas Rangers. Adrian Sampson, who got touched up fairly bad in his only game this spring, will attempt to look a little bit better this time. The Rangers are sending Cole Wynn to the mound, who has only pitched one inning this spring and struck out the side. The game will start 
at 2.05 Central Standard Time. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you can join us in the Shank List on the Discord, where we plan to mess with Texas all afternoon. That's my time. So keep on rounding those bases. And until tomorrow, Spago! All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto, that's patreon.com slash sunranto, and become a super ranter today. This is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of digestible Cubs information. This is a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Network. The Texas Rangers got surprised at Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona yesterday. They lost 6-9 to against the Cubs, and it was definitely nice. Adrian Sampson was facing off against Cole Wynn, and Cole definitely should have had the win after Sampson gave up six runs in three innings on three homers. If you want to look on the bright side, and nobody has ever accused me of doing that, other than the homers, Sampson looked almost mediocre. The game started on the right foot when Eddie Rivers went yard with two outs in the inning. And even though the Rangers dropped a four spot in their half of the first, the handsome youngsters were not ready to pack it in. Mike Talkman took a walk, Christopher Morrell singled, and then Sergio Alcantara drove in the Cubs' second run, cutting the lead to two. The Rangers were unable to do anything against Sampson in the second. So he had one good inning out of three, and like Meatloaf never said, one out of three is bad. Sampson struggled again in the third inning, and Carl Young's illegitimate love child rocked him for a two-run homer that ended Sampson's start. Adbert Alzali came in for an inning and a third and was able to rack up two strikeouts and no hits, but he did walk a guy. In the fourth inning, the Cubs tacked on another run with a walk from Morrell, a walk from Bodie, and a double from Sergio Alcantara, who seems to love RBIs even though the stat heads hate them. Alcantara was able to steal third, and after a madrigal walk, he scored on a fielder's choice off a ball put in play by Bellinger. At the end of the inning, the score was 6-5. to five. 
The Cubs tied the game in the sixth after Jake Slaughter hit a single and Pete Crow Armstrong reached on an error, which allowed Slaughter to score. It was 6-6 in the sixth after Slaughter came home, and I'm not saying that's a bad omen, but at least one fan renounced his religion and started a death metal band called Satan and the Slaughter. Luis Torrens launched a long ball in the seventh to put the Cubs up 7-6. Then he hit another one in the ninth inning too. He's currently hitting 600 with three hits and five at-bats, two of which were homers. His OPS is 2467, but the Cubs don't seem to like catchers from Venezuela who hit well, so don't expect to see him in Chicago anytime soon. Luis Vasquez singled to drive in Nelson Maldonado for the Cubs' final run of the game to officially make it nice. On the defensive side, I would be remiss to not mention Pete Crow Armstrong running down a ball in right center field at the warning track. He is probably the fastest guy in the team, and he had to run a long way at top speed to reach that ball. The StatCast will tell you that the ball had a 99% chance of being a hit, and PCA will tell you that warning track power gets you warning track outs. So what did we learn today? Samson is not performing the way he did last year, but the minor leagues seem to have good bullpen arms. On the offense, the Cubs have a catcher from Venezuela that can hit better than the other two combined, but that doesn't mean anything. Also, the handsome youngsters driving this team don't seem to be the handsome youngsters that drive prospect ratings. Spring training doesn't really mean anything, but it seems like every time something happens, I have to hit the World Wide Web to find out who the guy is. Today, the Cubs will take on Team Poutine, when Team Canada of the World Baseball Classic visits Sloan Park at 2.05 Central Standard Time. Justin Steele will face off against Mitch Bratt, a single-A 19-year-old who pitched for the Down East Wood Ducks of the Carolina League last year. Steele has pitched two innings this spring and currently has nothing to show for it. No hits, no walks, no runs, no strikeouts, nothing. Make sure to jump in on the Discord to talk about all the stuff that Steele is not doing. Well, that's all for me. I am out of here and I will not be back for a bit because I'm off to travel the world for a couple of weeks. I will be getting my vacation time out of the way before the season starts like a true pro. So until next time, keep rounding those bases and spug off. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on March 9th, 2023. Well, yesterday the Cubs played Team Canada, the World Baseball Classic team, in a game that I thought I was going to be able to watch, but alas, uh, the powers that be in Blackoutlandia did not allow this. Not even the uh, illegal streams had the game. Marquee had the game. I don't have Marquee. Some people uh, that have Marquee were able to watch it. Other people that were, I guess, out of the blackout area, which seemed to even be Madison, Wisconsin, could not watch the game. Um so unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this game, the, the game I'm about to recap for you. So I'll just kind of tell you what, what happened. It didn't get off to a great start. I'll say that much. The Cubs, they, they were uh, behind for much of this game, really until about the seventh inning when they finally came back and pulled ahead. But Justin Steele, uh, not a great start on this one. He actually got burned by a Cub, Jared Young, 
uh, who had two RBIs um, and uh, hit in this game uh, off a steal, and that's what got the scoring started. Uh, He doubled on a fly ball uh, that went past Cody Bellinger in center field. Uh, Freddie Freeman and Tyler O'Neill both scored. They had walked earlier in the inning. So not a not a great start for Justin Steele. He probably would have liked that to have gone differently. But according to Ryan Dempster, the double came on a pitch right after a strike was called a ball. So didn't have to be like this. The umpires could see. And then uh, the Cubs, they did come back and tie this sucker up uh, with Tucker Barnhart's First home run of the spring. It might be his only home run of the spring, to be honest. I don't think Tucker Barnhart's going to hit a lot of home runs for the Cubs. But it did score Edwin Rios, and it did tie up the game. Um, the bad news is he was he hit it off a guy named Noah Skiro, who no one's ever heard of, except for his mom, Mrs. Skiro. And then uh, Justin Steele gave up a home run to a guy named Jacob Robson, who also nobody's ever heard of. Cubs fought back, though, and Cody Bellinger singled on a line drive, uh, and uh, Trey Mancini scored. This was also off Noah Skiro. You know what? I'm gonna, while I'm doing this, I'm going to look up Noah Skiro because, uh, you know, he, was, he did play, but he, he has a baseball reference page. He has made it as high as Triple A, and it looks like he is a member of the Philadelphia Phillies organization. And uh, he's a starter, so maybe he's okay. We don't, we don't. I've never heard of him, but that doesn't mean a lot because I haven't heard of a lot of guys in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. So um, anyway, that's who the Cubs got all their offense at as they kept the game close. Uh, then off of Keegan Thompson, also not a great outing for him. He gave up a couple of runs as well. And then the Canada pulled ahead. Uh, then Cody Bellinger with his first home run of the season. And, uh, you know, both of those homers coming out of the left side, which is really what the Cubs were lacking. So, I don't know, Cody Bellinger comes out and is the old Cody Bellinger and hits me a bunch of dongs. I mean, I think you got yourself a hell of a trade piece at the trade deadline is all I'm saying. Because he's on a one-year deal, so it's really what we kind of got to hope for at this point. Well, then the game kind of got out of hand. All the minor leaguers came in, and then even like the even lesser guys from Team Canada started going out there. Uh, For example, like I've got to just tell you who pitched for Canada, just so you don't get too excited about the Cubs winning this game 11-7, because here's what they threw out there. Skiro, Brash, Brigden, C. Taylor, Lowen, Rutgers. There's no vowel at the end of his name. It's C K Y J at the end, unless it's a typo. And then finally, at the end of the game, you get uh, John Axford, who actually did play in the major leagues at uh, for the Brewers. You might remember him as that guy. So um, anyway, the the game got out of hand a, a little bit towards the end, but. Um, you know, I like to see the home runs out of the left side. I like Bellinger finally getting on the board with all that stuff. Um, the the Cubs, the, the young guys were hitting at the end of it. Dom Nunez tripled. Bryce Ball was on base. Like, you know, it, the young kids are hitting. We've got a good minor league program going on. The How the Cubs are winning the games, because it's like, you know, even if we're not winning at the beginning of the game, their minor leaguers versus our minor leaguers, the Cubs are winning. So this game was tight. You know, it's not like the Canadians got nobody on their team. They got Freddie Freeman. They got O'Neill from the Cardinals, whose pants are also way too tight. His dad is a total roid head, if you ever look at a picture of it. Go Google it right now. Uh, they got our guy, Bert, uh, Jared Young. Oh, and Owen Casey was in this game. I forgot to mention him. Oh, for 4, though, unfortunately, with... Uh, he left a couple on base, so that redhead isn't doing quite as well as Pico Armstrong, who's just, actually, everybody's talking about that catch that he made, beautiful catch in center field. We haven't had a guy who does stuff like that in a while. Um, it's, it is sad, though, that really what that means is that the Cubs haven't had a very good uh, center fielder 
<laughs> in a while. They put Ian Happ out there. You know, I mean, he he was a second baseman before. Anyhow, I'm very sad I did not get to watch this game. As far as uh, the pitching went for the Cubs, it was, uh, as I said, Steele and Thompson. They they both gave up runs. Steele gave up three. Thompson gave up one on two hits in his inning in two-thirds. Then it, it looked a little bit better. You had Rucker and Leiter. Uh, Brendan Little went out there, had a strikeout in his inning. Manrod went out there, gave up a couple hits. So did Ben Leeper, who gave up three earned runs, including a home run. That's the guy that kind of looks like a young Rick Sutcliffe. He's also – we got a lot of gingers in the minors right now. I Owen Casey, PCA, Ben Leeper, and I'm probably missing a bunch of guys. But, you know, that's three right off the bat, you know. Redheads are rare. It's it's a recessive gene. I should know. I'm kind of a redhead. So, um, anyway, not a great game for the Cubs. They did give up quite a few runs against Team Canada. Seven to uh, nine hits. The Cubs managed to score 11. So, hopefully I get to watch the game tomorrow. It was pretty disappointing. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, they're always trying to fix baseball. Because there's something wrong with it, don't you know? And um, I, I, it's sad. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, maybe they they could have played a little faster. That's what. So we ended up with the pitch clock because, you know, it. it I guess uh, we don't want to get any bang for our buck time wise. I mean, I won't go into it right now. My my point is this: that I couldn't find the game today. USA versus Canada. You're trying to get people into the game of baseball. World Baseball Classic's coming up, and it's the one game you can't see. I'm a subscriber to MLB.tv. There's no blackouts in spring training. I guess this isn't considered a spring training game, but they certainly sell it like a spring training game. The Cubs sell it like a spring training game. If you are a season ticket holder, I think you get this game. I saw Team Japan a couple years ago. I don't believe I had to buy an extra ticket for that. I don't remember, though. So, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me why they wouldn't show us this game. Um, other teams' games against other countries and their warm-up games for the WBC, they were on um, TV. The Cubs not. It was just on marquee. It was exclusive to them, but it only in a certain area. And it made me think about, uh, because as I, the way I caught this game was by watching the just kind of the feed of it. You know, on my iPad, out of the corner of my eye, just something's happened. I look over and, oh, look, uh, a single, a double, some score, a lead change, whatever was happening. I would see it that way. And it reminded me when I was a kid, and that's how I kept score. My dad was a scorekeeper, but I would physically write down in a paper what happened in the game. Like, you know, Sean Dunstan singled in Sandberg or something like that. I'd write that down. And... um as I was faking sick from school. That's my very specific memory of keeping scores, like pretending I was I was uh, sick and just so I could watch the game and writing down what happened in the game. But um, so I was watching it like that, and I was like, oh, I watched that game on a garbage-picked TV that I used to have to get up and hit on the side every now and again so that uh, the picture would come in. And that was how I caught the game back then, uh, through an antenna, I believe the TV was uh, was well had really bad color if it was not black and white, and um, that's how I saw the game. And I would write the things down from there. And it dawned on me that like I had an easier time watching this game on a garbage pick TV back in the eighties than I I do now. Like WBC didn't exist, but like. WGN might have shown this game, you know, they, I mean, I don't know, they used to not show but one spring training, straight spring training game a year, but, um, you know, I'm just, my point being, they just should be uh, showing these games, like, it's ridiculous, they don't, they're crying that nobody's interested in baseball, and then they don't let you actually consume their product, just run some ads alongside of it, you got the gambling thing going on, like, what are you doing, what are you doing, to show us the game. We'll be interested in it. We had a whole chat room devoted to it on the Patreon Discord. So, uh, and then we could, and then barely anybody could watch the game. Some people would like to hear it on the radio. Hint, hint. Why why don't you play the damn game on the radio? We could not consume 
a Major League Baseball game against an entire country. That is sad to me. So anyway, uh, rant over. Tomorrow, Hunter Green at Sloan Park uh, from the Reds versus Jamison Tyone. Hunter Green, his uh, spring hasn't gone great so far. He's got a 10.38 ERA. Um, so, I, I, you know, the guy throws really hard, but that doesn't seem to matter. He has not had a lot of success in the major, on the major league level. He's been very streaky. So I'm sure the Reds are hoping he can be something uh, because otherwise they're going to be even worse than we think, which is terrible. But not for the Cubs because we got to rack up wins against somebody. Uh, Jamison Tyone, he's going out there. He has had a pretty decent spring. He's uh, got a 386 ERA. And uh, we're just looking for him to be a hoss. You know, the dude's got to be a hoss. He's got to go out there every fifth day, eat a bunch of innings, and make this damn Cubs team good, which I think they could be. They did kick the crap out of Canada, and I believe they've won eight games in a row. Now, I know this is not a good sign. I know it is that we're supposed to be like the 2016 team. Get your losses out of the way in spring training. But um, that's what's going on right now. Let's just enjoy it. Let's take the hope where it lasts. I mean, this is also reminding me of being a child and <laughs> and uh, seeing the Cubs win a bunch of spring training and be like, oh, my God, we might be good. We might be a good baseball team, and then the April would start, and it wasn't the truth. But honestly, right now, and I, I don't know if this counts even in this against our standings. We're up there, you know, Dodgers. Dodgers are up there six and two. I don't know. It means nothing. We do have a positive run differential finally, though. So, so hopefully, we can watch the game. I enjoyed uh, coming to you with this Cubs pod. Check us out tomorrow. And uh, Spagok. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on March 10th, 2023. Well, the Cubs were losing 5 to nothing until they miraculously staged a comeback and put up six runs in the sixth inning was all on the long ball. Uh, Trey Mancini with a two-run homer to open up the scoring. Later on in that inning, uh, Patrick Wisdom, he hit a three-run homer. And then Morrell hit a solo shot, and that put the Cubs ahead for good. Uh, the other scoring in this game, Luis Torrens, who was, I had never heard of. <laughs> two home runs just the other day, and then he doubled in Tachman in the seventh to add on another run. And then Sergio Alcantara is trying to make this team Knocked him in. Pitching-wise, well, we had to come from behind for a reason, and it's because Jamison Tyone wasn't great. He gave up two home runs himself, although he did have three strikeouts in his 3.2 innings pitched. Uh, Four hits overall. All the runs were earned. And um, then the bullpen held it pretty close. Danis Correa came in for an an inning of this, or uh, actually an out of this. Only got an out, gave up a hit and a run. And then uh, it was Fulmer, Wick, Hughes, Duffy, and then closed down by Merriweather, who also gave up a run. It was unearned, though. And he had two strikeouts, dialing it up to 98 on the gun at the end of this game. He's probably going to make this team because I looked it up just this morning, and he's out of options. So, yeah. Cubs are going to keep him. Some of the other guys that probably would be competing for that spot, they still have options. So just by nature of that, uh, I think Merriweather will make the team. But he looked good in this game. There was a Cubs had a couple errors, a little bit of a sloppy day for them in uh, defensively, but uh, they won. So all's well that ends well. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Ryan Dempster and. Uh, what's his name, Cohen, uh, Alex Cohen, they called this game, and yeah, I found them to be a great team. Demp is such an easy, personable guy to listen to. Um, although he did say, uh, he was talking about uh, the fruits of Nick Madrigal's labor paying off, and he said fruit, 
But it just rolled off his tongue like it's the way he always says fruit. He calls it fruit. And I'm like, so I tweeted at him. And I'm like, is that like a Canadian thing, saying fruit? And uh, Demp's like, no, I'm just a Dr. Evil fan. And I was like, well, that makes some sense. 10586 paid to be there. Uh, not nearly that amount in the stands. For a Thursday, which is kind of a party day, we're getting towards spring break. 69 degrees out there, so the weather's nice. You'd think there'd be more people there, but it's expensive. Airline flights are expensive. Hotels are expensive. Everything's expensive right now, so people are looking at the final price and being like, you know what, I'm going to skip this year. And you could tell by uh, who's not in the stands. A lot of uh, eaten tickets for this one. There were not 10,000 there, tell you that much. So the next game, we're actually going to have a game watch in the Patreon Discord for this one. So show on up at 2 p.m. Central Time on uh, Friday, March 10th. That's today when you're listening to this. It's actually March 9th where I'm recording right now in the past. But, uh, yeah, we got the White Sox and the Cubs. So it's Lucas Giolito. He's only pitched two innings this spring. He's got a 90 ERA to show for it. And then you got Drew Smiley, who's pitched four innings and hasn't gone well either. 11.25 on the ERA, 2.75 whip. So I'm sure it's fine, and he's just working on something because that's what they always say. So, yeah, join us tomorrow for the Game Watch in the Discord. We're going to have a lot of fun over there. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun on Discord. So if you haven't joined it yet and you're listening to these podcasts and stuff, come on over there and join it. It's part of a Patreon perk. So is this podcast. So, um, so we'll see you over there. It's, uh, it's like Facebook, but better, <laughs> smaller community, better community. So, uh, Spagog and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hope everything's good in your land and go Cubbies. This is a Cubs fan buying tickets from the Cubs. And this is a Cubs fan buying tickets through the StubHub link at sunranto.com slash StubHub, knowing that 4% of their ticket purchase will go to the SunRanto show instead of into the pockets of rich corporate douchebags. Buy all your tickets through sunranto.com slash StubHub. Don't worry, it won't cost you a single penny extra. It don't stink to click our link. This is an Amazon shopper buying things from Amazon. And this is an Amazon shopper buying things through the links at sunranto.com slash Amazon, knowing that up to 10% of their purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of that cocksucker Jeff Bezos, who will just use the money to go to space. Plus, if you buy all your Amazon items through sunranto.com slash Amazon, you could win a monthly prize. sunranto.com slash StubHub and sunranto.com slash Amazon. Two great ways to support the Sunranto show while sticking it to evil corporations who suck and it won't cost you a single penny it don't stink to click our link hello and welcome to cubs pod a bleacher bunch production on the fans first network it's your daily dose of digestible cubs content i'm your host danny rocket and i'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the chicago cubs on march 11th 2023 well, after nine, nine times of winning uh, baseball games, the Cubs could not get past the Chicago White Sox. They dropped their first game this month. Uh, they've won every game since March 1st. Uh, nine games in a row. They beat Seattle, Oakland, San Diego, Angels, Rockies, Mariners, Rangers, Canada. The Reds, but they could not beat the White Sox. They fell four to three, uh, despite out hitting the White Sox eleven to ten. And the White Sox had three errors, but we still lost the game. Uh, unfortunately, the, the, the we're, we were not to see a ten-game winning streak this spring as we take the spring championship trophy back to Chicago. Actually, it's the freaking Royals. They're on fire. They they keep winning. So uh, what happened in this game? Well, uh, a fake rally fizzled in the bottom of the ninth when Bradley Beasley bounced into a double play to end it. But before that, Sergio Alcantara and Eric Hosmer each had two hits and an RBI. The other RBI came in the ninth in that fake rally from Jonathan Perlaza, 
who scored Dom Nunez. Uh, other offense, Bodie came in and got yet another hit in his only plate appearance. He's now batting 500 on the spring. Bodie also made a barehanded play and saved a run. Another run got saved with a beautiful relay from Hap on the ball in the gap. Hey, that rhymed. Threw to McKinstry to Barnhart. Uh, that saved another run. So it could have been worse. Cubs could have lost six to three instead of four to three. They made it close. Um, but yeah, overall, this game, it was quick. Two hours and 15 minutes. I know everybody with their busy lives are really excited about that. But, um, you know, you got 15,000 people that paid to go see this ball game. And it was basically shorter than the Sunrento show. <laughs> so uh, if people are willing to pay for that kind of thing, that's fine. But, you know, day at the ballpark. Give me, give me a, give me three hour games. Like I'm fine with that. Two, two forty five, and you're like, wow, this game went fast. Two fifteen, it's a fast ass game. All right, uh, what else happened? Oh well, here's I wanted to bring this up, and I want I'm going to bring this up on the regular show on Monday. But uh, Cody Bellinger, man, I know he had a home run the other day, and everybody's excited. Now remember that home run, but he's batting one seventy six, four ninety eight OPS. He had two strikeouts in this game. Uh, the other freaking losers right now. I don't. I just don't get the Cubs' fascination with Zach McKinstry. Dodgers castaway. They've got a million guys, including David Bodie, who's just having an amazing spring and has a lot more major league experience under his belt. It's proven major league experience. Without that injury, like he's a decent, service, serviceable utility man who could play around the infield. I mean, he's not as he doesn't have the versatility of Christopher Morrell. But he's got just as much power, and uh, he's got a pretty decent glove, you know? Like, I don't get it. And instead, they're they're putting Nicky Nick, Allstrikes over there, who's not having a bad spring either. But either way, it's like, I don't get their fascination with McKinstry here. He's now batting 118. Um, and then you got Tucker Barnhart. Just in case, like, you missed pitchers batting, you got Tucker Barnhart, who's batting .071. On the spring. Not great. It, it's all about run prevention. So take that KO pectate and prevent the runs. <laughs> Cubo pectate. That's what they should call it. Uh, they, I, I could see some sponsorship and some anti-diarrheal medicine for the Chicago Cubs as they pre- prevent the runs. Pitching-wise, well, Ryan Barucki ended up taking the loss in this one. I looked him up. You know, we I, we haven't seen much of him at all. Um, he had 96 career games with Toronto. And here's what's interesting about these guy, this guy. He is a lefty. Uh, 623 ERA on the spring. Small sample size. He gave, well, he got the loss in this one. He gave up two runs, including a, a home run uh, to Brian Ramos, the White Sox third baseman. But here's what's interesting about him. 623 ERA, but a 1.15 whip. And in 4.1 spring innings this far, thus far, seven strikeouts. It's a lot. The other runs for the White Sox, uh, Zavala, he homered off Killian. Uh, one of two hits Killian gave up. He he also had zero strikeouts in two innings pitched. Alzali also gave up a run. Uh, on two hits in the eighth inning, uh, which was the difference in the game. This game was started by Smiley, who gave up four hits and four innings pitched, had two strikeouts, brought his ERA down to 563 by giving up no runs. So there was some traffic on the base paths, but uh, no harm, no foul. And uh, the Cubs... I mean, they need him to do well. I mean, Smiley's in this rotation, and it hasn't been a great spring for him so far, but, you know, he's a consummate professional. You're going to get over 100 innings out of the guy, and uh, he's just in there warming up. Let's just say he's still working on things, shall we? And let's keep it positive. Uh, Also, who pitched in this game? uh, I mentioned everybody except for Boxberger, who nobody had a clean inning. He gave up a hit as well, but he has not given up a run this spring yet at all. And that is in a total of four innings where he's got uh, three strikeouts. So we're starting to see some of these counting stats come through. I mean, it's still early. I mean, we're halfway through spring training pretty much. 
But, um, and I don't know, the stats, spring stats obviously don't count, but they do. They do. I mean, it, it is a measure of how they did. So, anyhow, Cubs lost, and now they face the Dodgers out in Camelback. There's a road game. Terrible stadium shared with the White Sox. The entire, if it's hot outside, you don't want to be there. It is just brutal. It, it There's no shade in this place. They could have had shade, but they put the <laughs> they put the stadium going the wrong direction. People blame the owners, the ex owner's wife, for wanting to do that so she could see the mountains. But I've also been told that that is a lie. Believe what you want. Uh, this game will feature Wes Nasty, Hayden Wes Nasty, who has yet to give up a run this spring, uh, versus Noah Syndergaard, who hasn't either. Now, Wes Nasty, also seven strikeouts on in his 4.2 innings, so it's been nasty, and he's got a whip of 1.5, so you'd like to see that come down. Noah Syndergaard in five innings this spring only has four strikeouts, but a whip of 0.2. Yes, I read that right, 0.2. So uh, this game starts at 2 p.m. I will be in finishing up my bleacher bum band rehearsal at that time we got uh, we're getting ready for opening day we're just about two and a half weeks away from our first concert with our new drummer uh tony tony terrific excited to have him on board he's awesome it's going to be great and um in the meantime we'll be back tomorrow with another cubs pod and i'll tell you what happened in this game against the dodgers and uh just looking ahead a little bit, uh, you got Milwaukee on Sunday, and then an off day. But not for the Sunranto show, because we've got Lyle coming back, and we'll get all the news from the WBC from Infield Fly Girl, who's been watching every game with a diligence. I'm just finishing watching Japan uh, beat. They've just beat the Czech Republic 10-2. to No surprise there, but... Um, Anyway, I've been enjoying watching these games. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to do another game watch, too. I want to just remind everybody, next week on March 17th, there are two games that day uh, against, we'll see which one we feel like watching. Maybe we'll watch both at the same time. Uh, but Dodgers uh, and the White Sox. They'll, they'll get next St. Paddy's Day, grab a green beer, and we're going to do another game watch. So that's... Uh, that's it for Cubs Pod for March 3rd, 2023. Go Cubs, or as we say on the Sunranto Show, Spook Hog! Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs. Spring marches on. The Cubs went out to Camelback Ranch to play the Dodgers. Uh, the worst baseball stadium in spring, as far as I could tell. I've never been to the Florida ones, but in Arizona, it's terrible. You can't get in, can't get out. And uh, when you get there, there's a bunch of White Sox crap everywhere. You know, Nobody wants to see that. But uh, yeah, the Dodgers who are ostensibly a good team, lost to the Cubs yesterday by a score of 5-2. to two. And the Cubs held the Dodgers to only four hits. Uh, the Cubs weren't, uh, they didn't have a lot of hits. They had seven, but luckily four of them were home runs. And um, started in the fifth. Kind of shockingly with the bat, uh, Jan Gomes kind of showing up this spring. That'd be something if he could just like, replace Wilson's bat. I'm not holding my breath for that, but he did hit a home run off of Noah Syndergaard, otherwise known as Thor. Then they took him out of the game, and in comes Alex Vesia, who is a hell of a pitcher, 215 ERA last year, 54 innings pitched, .3 homers per nine, 13 Ks per nine, and he comes up and he gives home up homers to Tockman and Morell. And the Cubs are then up 3 nothing. Gomes hit a sacrifice fly in the sixth inning scoring Mancini who was one for two with a walk and then Jake Slaughter homered off of Jordan Leisure who is a sometime uh, double a uh, starter 
Um, Jake Slaughter, uh, you know, besides having pretty much the most amazing name in baseball, um, he's 26 years old. Cubs got him in the 36th round and then in 2016 of the amateur draft, and then he went to school. Then they got him again in the 18th round. Uh, So they like this guy. And and, uh, I'm looking up his numbers here, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, he went from having... In 2021, for example, between Tennessee and South Bend, he had three home runs. And then last year, between South Bend and Tennessee, he had 23 home runs. So that's a big difference. So I don't know what Jake Slaughter did, pee in the cup, Jake, uh, I, but it's impressive. He hit one yesterday, and I was like, man, Slaughter, Slaughter. It's, like, it's, it's just a tailor-made obvious shirt. We all know this. Um, now the, the bad of this game and bad in general, uh, Dansby Swanson 0 for three with two K's he's batting 0.071 on the spring. We all know a guy when he first comes to the Cubs is going to suck a little bit. If not a lot, first year is just, I don't know. It just never works out and everybody turns on them really quickly. Um, but yeah, it was not, he hasn't been good. And um, hopefully he turns that around. I, I can't think that he's working on anything. Is he just rusty? Is he nervous around his new friends? I don't I don't know what's going on, but it's not going well. And then I don't know why we're even bothering with Zach McKinstry. Like, I feel like last year we learned that he can't hit. And he's a decent, he's got decent speed. Um, Fine, but you got to be on base to steal. And he's not. Batting 100, 0 for 3 yesterday with three strikeouts. I don't know why he's in the conversation still. Um, yeah, I don't get it. So uh, pitching-wise, now this is also a part of the real story. Besides the Cubs who didn't hit home runs at the beginning of spring, beginning to hit home runs, uh, I do realize it was cold early in spring training. That seemed to be a lot of it. Didn't seem to hurt the other teams. Hurt the Cubs, though. But um, it was much warmer yesterday in the mid-70s. And, um, well, we were hitting them. But... The real story in this one, and the thing I'm most excited excited about, is Hayden Wisniewski, who is awesome. He gave up zero hits, zero walks, four innings pitched, four strikeouts, and the strikeouts made the batters look inc- incredibly dumb. Uh, they were doing the swords. I know Pitching Ninja likes to call them swords, these half swings and uh, check swing outs, and um, it, was, it was great. And it he caved the side in the fourth inning, in his last inning of work. And it wasn't crappy hitters either. It was Miguel Rojas. It was Max Muncy. It was J.D. Martinez. That's who he struck out uh, the side on. So, And he had another strikeout too. I forget who it was. Um, then uh, and it wasn't all great. You know, uh, Brendan Little came up, and, you know, minor league or reliever, so we'll see what we get out of him. But uh, three hits and a run. But he also had three strikeouts in his one inning of work. Uh, Cam Sanders also looked impressive on the back end. He's uh, the son of Scott Sanders, they were saying on the broadcast. And uh, I, I don't remember Scott Sanders. I remember Scott Sanderson, which for some reason I can remember a guy from the 80s, but not the 90s. So I don't I don't know. Maybe he just didn't make an impression on me. But uh, 1.1 innings pitched, Dialing it up in the upper 90s, got the wipeout slider, and he had also three strikeouts in 1.1 innings pitched. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I know the Cubs drafted a lot of pitching a few years back. We're starting to see that come to fruition, which is great because uh, uh, Greg Huss, um, I forget, I think it's called the, I don't think they call it Growing Cubs podcast anymore. I got to uh, remember what they call it, but I don't right now, but it doesn't matter. Greg Huss uh, twittered out, oh, look at uh, the AAA bullpen next year uh, in Iowa. And it was pretty freaking impressive. Like, you know, all these names that I'm talking about right now, Cam Sanders is going to be there. So this guy's up here. Now, granted, they're facing some of the Dodgers minor leaguers at the end of this game. But, I mean, he just, it looks right. It looks impressive. I mean, yeah, high 90 slider. Yeah, you're going to, or the slider isn't, but uh, but he can hit the high 90s. He's got a wipeout slider. He's got his out pitch, 
And when you're a reliever, it's really all you're looking for. That's why they were doing the spike, the spike ball. And, you know, now everybody's, you know, with the sticky stuff, they were spinning it all out there. Now they got the sweeper pitch going. Like they're always looking for a new way to get the batter to chase. But um, anyway, the the triple A bullpen looks awesome, which means that maybe next year the Cubs bullpen will be awesome. And I can say things like our bullpen is awesome instead of our bullpen is terrible. This game only took two hours and 21 minutes. So all of those of you with other things to do um, and don't like uh, that last 40 minutes of of dawdle, uh, you're happy. For me, it's a little too fast. You know, I think that goal was to knock off 15, 20 minutes. They knocked off 45. So, you know, it's different. It's double, if not triple, the time. So we'll see how it plays out in the in the major leagues. Definitely something to be watching all year long. Um, and the next game is against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, is this one at Sloan? Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, Brewers visit Sloan with a pitcher who's junk. Literally, his name is Jansen Junk. And his pitching has been junk as well. On the spring, he's got a 350 whip in his two innings pitched and an 18 ERA. Um, last year, not a lot of experience. Uh, he had a cup of coffee with the Angels before. Last year with the Brewers, 8.1 innings pitched, 648 ERA, 1.56 whip. So, yeah, junk. I wouldn't want it on the team. It's junk. Now, unfortunately for the Cubs, Adrian Sampson, also junk. 4.1 innings pitched. A 2.31 whip, a 20.77 earned run average. He has given up six home runs in 4.1 innings pitched this spring. Let me say that again. Six home runs in 4.1 innings pitched this year. I looked it up, gave up 10 all last year in 104.1 innings pitched. So I guess get him out of the way, Adrian. Um, I'd like to say he's working on something. But he's in his early 30s. Like, he's better out. I mean, what do you still have to work on? The sweeper? Maybe. Maybe he's working on a sweeper. But, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it hasn't been good for Adrian. And and if you see a start like Wesneski's yesterday, and you pair it up with what Adrian Sampson's been doing, and then you're thinking about a fifth starter, uh, I mean, the Cubs, but the, by their bench, and end of the rotation decisions, I think, will let us know if they believe they are contenders this year or if they would like to just stash guys and wait until they can get it going on and Otani's on the team. Yeah, right. And now being Sunday, I thought we'd take a look around the league, see what's going on all over the major leagues. And also with the World Baseball Classic, um, I don't totally understand like all the tiebreaker stuff that's about to happen in the world baseball classic but it looks like we're about to get total chaos as italy uh right now looks like they're gonna beat the netherlands and so that means all the teams will be two and two against each other and i i think that actually it then it's a run differential situation and it's defense so i'm gonna look on twitter and see who's gonna uh move forward in that league um but uh, i know that i did see that like taiwan who i know uh infield fly girl is a huge fan of it looks like they will be out despite despite um surprising everybody and winning two of these games um in uh pool b that was pool a uh that they're playing in uh taiwan and then pool b uh in tokyo japan 4-0 they took it. China lost all their games. China. And uh, Australia looks really good. I, You know, those criminals can play some cricket, let me tell you. And then um, USA won last night. There's only there's less games in the uh, Pool C and Pool D that are being played in the United States and Phoenix and Miami, respectively. But Colombia upset Mexico, which I guess is an upset. Um, USA beat Great Britain, which is definitely not an upset. And um, Puerto Rico, they beat Nicaragua, which you kind of expect. But Venezuela and Dominican Republic, two powerhouses in Pool D there. I mean, to have Puerto Rico, Venezuela, 
Dominican Republic and Israel too, uh, who was not a too shabby of a team. They've had a nice showing last time as well. A lot of major leaguers on that team. So how is this possible that the United States gets to play Canada, Great Britain, Colombia, who plays soccer mostly, and Mexico, who plays soccer mostly, although there are quite a few Mexican major leaguers on this team, but no real stars. And like, yeah, USA's just got a cakewalk. This is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, I, I was kind of surprised to see that Venezuela did beat the Dominican Republic quite handily. Um, but Venezuela also quite a few baseball players um, come out of the major leagues. Not as many as Dominican Republic, but quite a few. So that's what's going on in World Baseball Classic. I'm really enjoying it. A lot of games today. I'm less busy today, so I'm excited to watch some of these uh, all day long, really. I'm, I'm super excited. And then uh, let's talk about the major leagues. Well, we'll start with the Grapefruit League. And um hate to say it, but St. Louis is 8-5. and five. Uh, They're in second place behind Boston, who's 9-2. and two. They've won the most games. Then uh, you get Toronto uh, and Houston. And then it gets to a bunch of 500 teams. The worst teams in the uh, Grapefruit League, Miami Marlins at 3-9. and nine. Pittsburgh Pirates at four and nine, five and eight Baltimore Orioles, and then you know we get towards five hundred teams. So it's kind of who you'd expect down there. As far as uh, the uh, Cactus League here, Kansas City still only lost two games. So I, you know, Kansas City, they're not going to be good this year. They're just they're there's no way, even though they're in the AL Central, and you got you know, a young Cleveland team that kind of showed up early last year. Uh, I was talking to a White Sox fan last night. He's confident about his team. And then, uh, yeah, Kansas City's not going to do shit except for right now. 13-2 and in spring. They're 9-1 in their last 10. They've won five straight. I mean, Cubs are also 9-1 in their last 10. They've won only one straight. They had their uh, streak broken by the White Sox. And then uh, you get the Dodgers, the Angels, and then you're at 500, uh, seven and six White Sox, and it bunches up from there. The worst teams in the Cactus League, and I'll just read off everybody from worst to less worse. And um, it's San Francisco, Arizona, Milwaukee, Oakland, and Cleveland. And then uh, then you get some winning percentages above 400. But uh, yeah, that's what we got going on. Uh, it's been fun. This is the second consecutive week of Cubs pods and um, had fun doing them, had fun watching these spring games with you over on the discord. If you're not a Patreon supporter, you should be. Uh, we provide a lot of value. It's only a dollar. There's only 18 slots left, by the way, for a dollar. And then uh, it's, it's off. No more dollar slot. No more way to join Patreon for a dollar after 18 more people. So get in on it if you haven't yet. And, um, there, there's your Cubs pod. Uh, Cubs are off on Monday, and but I'll be coming to you with uh, a Sun Ranto show and a Cubs pod. Tomorrow, no rest for the wicked, only for the Cubs. Let's hope they rest up. I have no plans on it. So, Spagog, go Cubs, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.